0: So you know. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies
0: a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command.
1: Welcome to the And welcome back to the greatest show on Earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 1977, Death Game, directed by Peter S. Trainer. So we welcome all you daddies to the show. Glad to have you here, but before we get into all that nonsense, I want to welcome the bold and beautiful, the Goldie Keith.
2: Who's gonna spank me, bottom, daddy?
0: Hey! Daddy, spank me, spank
2: me! I love to be spanked and tickled and cuddled, dad. Hello, everybody, and welcome
1: to Talking Terror. I love you, daddy. I'm gonna get my knees, yeah. daddy. <laughs> you're not like <laughs> the others we are not. Oh no you're not Daddy's got issues <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy <laughs> We're
0: gonna, I'm
1: about. <laughs> we are not going to be joined by the demonic dean tonight Which is why we're doing my film pick of the week Next week we'll figure out what he's going to do Probably something from Hong Kong or some other foreign country But we are joined by the Psychotic Simeon The Prince of dead. Yes get fucking with the daddy
3: Oh, yes, my friends and h- hounds, it is Wednesday night. The clock on the wall is 9 o'clock, so must be Talking Terror time, baby. That sexy time of the week when we, the trilogy of terror, <laughs> the masters of the macabre, the broadcasters of blood, the titans of tingle come in your ears with the latest horror news and movie reviews. Talking Terror is always available to you, to your mother, to your friends, to anybody for free on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. You just remember to share the love and make sure that you and all of your friends follow Talking Terror on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, my family? Take a breath,
1: man. I heard Woo! you run out of gas halfway through that. I could just hear it in your voice like, oh. uh, <laughs>
0: halfway
1: through. <laughs> that, that, you were just like, man. that's what happens. When, <laughs> that's what happens when you smoke, man. You gotta sit there and take those super quick breaths <laughs> in between. Yeah. I, yeah, I just I was like, oh, he's slowing down. He's got to get more coke. He's he's dying out there. Uh, anyway, yeah, Spotify and uh, iTunes and uh, fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no, we good, we good, we good. Oh, we got. Oh, okay, we got another rail. We back on track, maybe. <laughs> That's
1: why you're our good old dad. <laughs> and we thank you for it
3: <laughs> Oh, um, go ahead Like the ghoul says, spankings Don't forget the spankings
1: <laughs> Well, you got to have that Oh, we love the spankings <laughs> Give me more, give me more, George <laughs> okay, We'll be to talk about that later on in the show uh, I do have some horror news I wanted to talk about But before all that, I have some stuff I want to talk about But Ghoul Monkey, do you have anything you want to bring up uh, before we get started?
3: Mm-hmm. I've got uh, King. I wanted to talk to you uh, just because I had seen it out there and uh, you know floating around that you e- either on the internet and all that kind of stuff. And you posted it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. And it's just I just wanted to sit there and see if you have any information about what is this about AEW wrestling holding a Texas Chainsaw Death Match.
1: Yeah, it's actually my horror news, but yeah, we can talk about that. That's right. actually tonight on AEW Dynamite on CNT. It's uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy in a deathmatch championship match, which is sponsored by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Uh, supposedly, Weatherface might even make an appearance, but how can he? I'm here recording a podcast. So I have no idea what uh, to do about that. And aren't they overseas tonight, too, <laughs> for this podcast? Uh, they might be. I, I don't know where they are. I mean, I, I would think that they're not, but who knows? I mean, I, I don't really watch AEW. I kind of watch, like, the YouTube clips, but I don't watch it full. I don't watch it live. But, uh, yeah, I don't know any of the rules with the death match. I just know that they want to have kind of like a novelty match uh, to celebrate the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game, which comes out on Friday for all consoles and shit like that. But, you know, it's Jeff, Yard, it's Jeff Hardy. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Perry, the battle, that, that of the, the
3: battle of the Jets with Chainsaws and a death match in an overseas pay-per-view event. It's like, yeah, when I saw this, I was just like, okay, so maybe the loser has to leave? I don't know.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, they didn't really give any details. They didn't say, like, what it involves. It's just a deathmatch championship. So, obviously, they are going to have a deathmatch champion. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing's going to beat the Japan deathmatches. Yeah. So, they're not going to get close with the C4 and the attacks the and the barbed wire. So,
3: yeah, okay, so... Yeah. On that same note, okay, you and Ghoul have talked about this, you know, you know, over there, Japan, wrestling in Japan and just what they call these death matches. Was it just extreme hardcore, or you know, like again, was it whoever lost had to retire from the ring? You know, going on like.
1: Yeah. No, I mean it, it was championship matches. They had trophies and shit like that. But I mean, Ghoul, if you want to expound upon that a little bit, I mean I know I can, but let me hear your thoughts.
2: I mean, you know, I think the idea of the death matches, it's. I mean, look, it's just a little bit more ultra violent. You know, that's just really what mm-hmm. it is. It's just the name. For a more violent style match. You know, yes. Do we have hardcore matches here? Yes. But like, you know, you when, when you've got the death match, it's, it's instituting a, and integrating every possible weapon and tool. You're talking ropes with barbed wire around them. Boards with explosives on them. You know, fucking every weapon under the sun there to penetrate your fucking skin and flesh in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, and, and, I'm sure death matches at times have been used for retirements, but I think other times it's just like, Hey, you know, this beef has been going on for so damn long. The only way we can settle this is by fucking doing it to the death. And like, no, I mean, look, it's it's professional wrestling. We all know nobody's really gonna, you know, be, be murdered in these matches. Um, You know, but it's, uh, I guess it's just fun nonetheless, just the the idea of implied violence that is going to occur and the real violence that does come out of it.
1: Oh, and there's plenty of it. I mean, back in the day, I used to watch the VHS tapes of the Japanese death matches, and they would have a Japanese Leatherface who would run around the ring with a chainsaw and rev it up, and he'd be spinning it around, and then he would jump into the ring, and Cactus Jack McFoley was a part of a lot of those. Terry Funk was a part of a lot of those. And a lot of those are just for trophies and for just being the champion. Like, you survived the death match. So at the end of that match, you'd get this big-ass fucking trophy, and you'd be like, holy shit, like, this guy is the most hardcore. I mean, you want to talk about blood, you want to talk about violence. I mean, they were upping it. You know, and obviously, it is all in a uh, uh, spectacle. So, I mean, the C4 wasn't real C4. It was just, you know cheap fireworks and shit like that. he would be like, oh, C4. Like, it's not. It's just cheap fireworks.
0: <laughs> but, you know,
1: barbed wire, thumbtacks, you know, like the ghoul said, you name it. They were using it in the middle of the ring. Like, there was nothing but blood. Like, it was chaos. But it, it's in Japan, so like, we can get away with it here. Can't quite do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds insane, man. Oh, it is. I mean, if, I mean, I'm sure there's probably clips on YouTube you could find. Of the old school, like '90s and '80s Japanese death matches. I mean, they were fucking insane, <laughs> you know. And then you come over to the states, and it's like, oh, well, we'll have an inferno match where the ring fucking lights up with flames, and whoever touches the flames first loses. Old <laughs> Kane <In the laughs> never could win one. He <laughs> was always the first one to catch fire.
2: <laughs>
3: Maybe he to needs that. The...
1: May... Yeah.
2: Sorry. No, go ahead. No. Go. 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 Monkey.
3: I uh, know. Uh, go, go ahead. I'm, like, really digging this. Because, again, I've never fucking heard of these death matches, man. They sound insane. <laughs> uh,
2: well, the Inferno match, I mean, listen, you know, whatever it was in, like, the real WWE, you know, it was like, all right, they had some, like, you know, like rows of, of gas line blazers that were like mm-hmm. basically like strips like along the ring and everything and you know the guys would get real close to the ropes there and we would like light up all this and that and, you know eventually somebody gets somewhat lit on fire they run off and, and that's the end of it Dude, in the fucking Raw is War video game, the Inferno match oh, yeah. was like the greatest <laughs> yeah. fucking thing under the sun. Because you would, in order to finish That's... the match, you had to throw the fucker out of the ring, and they would hit the ground outside and just poof into a fucking like <laughs> just a charred fucking thing of flesh, man. It was fucking glorious. It was like nothing but oh, like hands. There was no body left over. It was like Ooh. the dude was just dead.
1: You killed him. <laughs> and they were the best. Um, I always liked the buried alive matches the best. Back in like the old school attitude era days, I was like, that's fucking hardcore. You're burying a fucking guy, like Undertaker when he lost, and then at the end of the match, he bursts his fucking glove out of the ground. I was like, You fucking metal, dude. Like this is fucking great. <laughs> He's fucking under there. <laughs> He's buried. <laughs> How's he gonna get him out? <laughs> Cut the camera. We have to dig him out now. <laughs> I, I just I loved those buried alive matches, and then of course the ambulance matches. Like, they had all those boutique matches back in the day with WWE. I kind of wish they would bring some of those back. I feel like they're trying to be lighter with the PG era now, so you can't really do a lot of that. Uh,
2: I guess. I, you know, some of the gimmick matches, I just I, I never really in- enjoyed all that much. Like, you know, uh, buried a buried alive match every now and again was okay, but then it started to feel like you were getting them, I don't know, at least twice. Twice a year, you know, and it was kind of like, I don't know, those kind of things should be done. Like, you know, again, similar to like the idea of the death match, the idea should be like, hey, nothing can settle this feud except for something as severe as this. You know, ambulance matches too. Like, I feel like a lot of those gimmicks started coming out just so they could put them in the video games. You know, like, it just oh, got, yeah. got silly. <laughs> like the last time I remember anything with a fucking ambulance was when Braun Strowman picked up the ambulance and yep. turned it over. And you, like, clearly, could clearly hear with the high throwing as he was <laughs> lifting the thing. So it was like, come on, yeah. man. This is just dumb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you see it on the ground, you just as he's fucking picking you up. Like, yeah, okay. he's, <laughs> he's clearly picking up that ambulance. Feet of straight.
3: As, <laughs> as opposed to like, didn't Stone Cold like use a bulldozer at one time and then also like a crane or something? Back in oh, the he day? he used all sorts of
1: things. Yeah, he used <laughs> cement mixers. He used <laughs> the beer bath. <laughs> he wasn't opposed to using any type of machinery. Um, but it's just as fun as when Vince McMahon left the uh, arena one night he got into his window and it fucking exploded. And they're like, he's dead!
0: <laughs> 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 Who killed oh, Vince shit. McMahon? Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. This is a major
2: storyline. You yep. know, fucking Vince Vincent K. McMahon was fucking, he was assassinated.
1: Do you remember the uh, the storyline that they did? Like it, this was a couple of years ago, but it was Vince McMahon was giving away WWE money. So like you would enter a contest and like your name would get picked out. He would announce your name and you'd win a couple thousand dollars. But the final one where he's like, "This is the big one. This is the big prize." The fucking Titantron fell on top of him, and they're like, "Oh no! Not Vince! Not Vince! <laughs> Vince, no! <laughs> he was <laughs> exactly, yeah. Conveniently the Titans trying to drop on top of him and I was like, Yeah, no, and nobody's getting that big prize. <laughs> nobody's gonna win Vince's money. Uh, just, uh just, the, the angles that they're
2: sorry to report to you that the money cannot be given away because the the award, the name of the person who won was was smeared with so much blood from Vince that we cannot read it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. this, this is his actual blood. This—he's actually gone now. We're never going to see him again. <laughs> Until a couple months later, he just shows up and he's like, right, "I'm fine." Went to the hospital. They fixed me right up. Thanks, Stanford. I'm the, said, oh, okay.
2: jackhammer. Oh, going to kill me! I made the fucking
1: <laughs> I got blown up in a window. You think a tron's going to stop me? <laughs>
2: I got hit in the head um, with a I mean, fucking bedpan.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the um, Mr. Sacco, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking fucking great,
2: great, yes, great, great moment.
1: <laughs> he brings in the clown his he's like, on hey, here.
2: <laughs> he's his fucking cast, and he dings him off the fucking head with that bedpan, man. That was just fucking pure <laughs> greatness. I miss the attitude. Well, take him
1: here, nurse. Oh, it was so fucking good. <laughs> everything fucking worked i mean there was human sacrifices there was boss versus employee like they had so much shit going on and i mean they, they're trying to be good now it's just it's not the same. i mean i i love the current angle with Jay Uso, where last week he's just like fuck it i'm out i quit and everybody's like oh no he's going to aew now no he's not <laughs> he is not actually leaving like all the internet was like oh shit his contract's up this month oh my god he's going to aew no he has a way
2: What? So. You mean he kicked his brother in the face and then he's gonna leave the WWE, completely leaving the storyline way open and never ever actually settling that that, that fucking fight? Get out of here! Of course they yeah. don't settle that shit, man. <laughs> this is all about building it up, building it up. You know, and, and we all know what eventually is going to happen is, is that the three brothers, okay, because Solo is one of them. Is eventually Let's Solo is going Romans. to eventually turn on fucking Roman, okay, and that yep. will be at the end of the fucking Bloodline storyline because yes, all of these factions eventually come to an end. It is how it works. To. But
1: yeah,
0: but brothers last yes. forever.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you got don't fucking you forget that monkey? Me. You're one
2: of <laughs> you're one of us, bro.
1: One of us. You're a mark you're now, a fucking man.
2: Bro, just just stuff like me, King.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a mark now, the man. Team, the dean, really I don't know. Really I'm with, not, you
2: know. I'm not always sure about the dean. You know, he's, he's a weird one. So, oh, well,
1: absolutely <laughs> not. Time, I'm not, not sure, sure if
2: he even likes
1: us. <laughs> no, he doesn't like us. He puts up with us. He tolerates us on a weekly basis. That's why he has to take he, days he, off because he's like, "I just I can't tonight. I can't." He uses us
3: as a way to get to his Swedish fans. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I got to <laughs> hand it to Paul fucking Heyman, who can fucking act his fucking ass off. I love the door in that fucking <laughs> match over SummerSlam. He's like,
2: Jay, he loves you. He loves you. do no, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dude. <laughs> then he's so, his again, he's like, ah, Heyman, they need to, like, get on this and, like, do something on, like, their online or something, you know, on their website, in which there's just a camera focused on Heyman. Because the things that he does during a match, like, you can watch him and it's its own fucking show. The reactions to, 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 to certain attacks, you know, the things that he's saying, you know, like the, the feigned fucking shock when, like, Roman goes down. The fucking intensity when he's, like, he's trying to hype Roman up. It's like, holy fuck, man, this guy is a fucking force to be reckoned with. You know, if he had some muscle, he'd probably be a great champion.
1: He just knows how to work. He knows how to be the manager. Like, you know, I was telling Monkey, he did an interview on a radio uh, station that I listened to. And they're like, oh, Paul Heyman, you're like one of the best managers of all time. It's like, excuse me? One of the best? Do you want to walk that back? You want to walk that back a little bit? He's like, that's just like saying, hey, Sally, you're one of the best ladies I ever had in my entire life. But compared to Becky and Susie, oh, well, I mean, no, you're, you're great. He's like, no, I am the best. And he's like, and there's a reason for that. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's like, you're not forgiven, but let's move on. <laughs> He's just simply, the, he is that character. He lives, eats and breathes that character of Paul Heyman. Like, that, <laughs> like there is no case with him. He just is Paul Heyman. That's what I love about him. I've always loved about him. That's why I was so glad that we got to meet him cool. Because he was just in oh, that yeah. mode. He wasn't like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? Great. Good to meet you. No, he was fucking Paul Heyman. No, No,
2: suddenly it wasn't like nice guy fucking like that, that you're meeting. Oh, like, oh, wow, Paul Heyman was, don't get me wrong. It's not like he was some asshole to us. He was exactly no. Paul Heyman, and I wouldn't have wanted it any <laughs> other way. You know, like, it was fucking great. It would be, like, just, like, meeting fucking, you know, if, if I got to meet Ric Flair, you know, like, there, there's a part of me that deep down would love for him to, like, you know, to be like, oh, can you get that real quick? And when I turn around, it gives me a low blow. You know, I'd be like, oh, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got me, Ric Flair. God
2: damn it, I can't believe I fucking mouth for that.
1: You just see him (laughs) dancing around, and you're like, yeah, fell for it. Can't get pet. Rick, you know, I would love to love it. Because they're just so good at Kate. Like, even, like, uh, Dustin Rhodes back in the day, Dusty Rhodes, rather, was his fucking American dream character. He was always that character. Even when he was doing interviews, he's like, well, Daddy, you know how I am. Like, it's just never like, hey, I am Dusty Rhodes, and I'd like to talk to you about my wrestling career. (laughs) It's always with the razzle-dazzle. Like, you always want that. (laughs) You <laughs> always want to be. Oh like, well, yeah. I the I wouldn't want him to be. Like, hey,
0: what's up? Well,
2: I think that's exactly what you would get though, because you know what, Mark is actually just a really nice guy, and like that is the <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. We've seen we've seen some of these these people where you realize like, hey, the characters that they played are really not much like who they were as as the the, the wrestling characters they were. But then you see guys like Stone Cold, where you can see where. He took certain aspects of who he is in real life and turned that around into becoming the character that would be Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know. And I'm sure that played the other way, too. I'm sure there are parts of what would eventually become Stone Cold that kind of bled its way into him becoming that whole persona that is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, you know, Undertaker, <laughs> though, I think we saw the real Undertaker during the Biker Taker era. You know, I think that's as oh, yeah. close to seeing the, the real Mark Calloway as we're ever going to see, you know. Yeah, yeah, call him American badass you want. I can't go for that shit. That was a fucking song, you know what I mean? He's Biker Taker. <laughs> I'm always going to call him Biker Taker.
1: Biker Taker.
2: I'm not, yeah, I, I'm well, not I going with that mean, Kid yes, Rock but... shit. Yeah, I, I
1: fucking hated it. Because, I mean, he had two different songs, and he had, you know, American Badass, and then he came out to Roland. And I was like, you know what? I accept that a little bit more. When Biscuits Roland versus fucking American Badass by Kid Rock. Like, I'll take
2: Roland. I'll take Roland every <laughs> yeah, time, bro. So. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> it's the better of the songs. It's the better of the I'm good song, with yeah. it. Yeah, we were, yeah, we, we were you know, talking
2: about... Uh... You know, me and Sam, we're on the way back from uh, from Domino's today, and we're driving down uh, Pension Road, you know, heading back to, towards home, and, you know, passing by you know, mm-hmm. Blenheim. And I'm like, oh, I had a girlfriend that used to live down this street, you know, and I went through the whole story of how, like, I used to steal my old man's work truck, and, you know, i drive in the middle of the night, you know, over there to, to park on Blenheim and then walk the one block over so that I could climb up her fence, mount my up on top of the garage of her house and then sneak in through her bedroom window so that, like, you know, i spend a couple of hours in the evening just kind of like, you know, doing like teenagers do, you know? And she's like, she's no. like mortified. She's like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's kind of like Fred Coast said, you know, I just it all for the nookie. you the know? like, nookie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I hate to say it, but sometimes Limp Biscuit is just the fucking answer.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully she didn't go. Who's Fred Durst? Who's like, no, like, oh, she knows
2: fucking Limp Biscuit. He's cool like that. Because
1: that would have de- that would have devastated me. She's like, who's Fred Durst? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm, I'm too old for this conversation. Wimp Biscuit, what's Wimp Biscuit? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I just I would hate that, but you know, kids these days, you never know what they know. <laughs> you just always did for the nookie back in the day. That fucking song when he came on, it's like, oh yeah, I'm
2: it right now. Seeing <laughs> like <laughs> you was in the New York area, man. It was like one, you know, it was on Z one hundred ninety seven fucking five, ninety two three, ninety three three, like every fucking station. It. it had that. It had fucking. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely way too much a lot of this going around in the
1: late '90s. top of roach. Yeah, I mean, just everybody wanted that backward fucking New York Yankees fucking red cap that he wore. Like that was a fucking fashion. I I, <laughs> you know? I. I so break some. Sh- <laughs> break
0: some shit tonight, you know.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. A yeah, you after, yeah, after after biscuit I couldn't I couldn't wear my fucking red Yankees cap anymore.
1: I was like, motherfucker. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that wasn't your Fred
1: Durst period? Where you're walking around in white t-shirts no, and fucking sagging? No, assing.
3: no, I, I, man, I had my Yankees caps way before that because I had my red and white, my blue and white, my black on black, my black and white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had all that shit. That's, that's when but you then you after, after that shit. After that shit came out, I you know, had to sit there and hang, hang that on the the racket. And I was like, yep, sorry. You are not retired. I'm sorry, my
1: friend. <laughs> oh, no, you should embrace it. That's like the perfect time to fucking embrace it. Girls would be like, oh, my God, you like Fred <laughs> Darius. Like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Keep on rolling. <laughs> knee, knee deep in ass. Put on a white T-shirt and be like, oh, man. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Like, yep, rolling in that pussy, monkey enjoy it, <laughs> you can get away with it. Put it on your back. Your back. <laughs> um, so before I get into what I want to talk about, for horror news, I also want to make a recommendation uh, book-wise. Uh, I picked up Quentin Tarantino's Cinema Speculation uh, about a week or so ago. Finished it within two days. Uh, fucking amazing. Wow. Especially if you love movies. <laughs> uh, he just picks some of the best 70s movies and talks about them and just breakneck speed, as Quentin Tarantino always does. And you just can't help but read it in his voice when you're reading the book because he's just so passionate <laughs> about all these movies that he saw. And I mean, he talks about Rolling Thunder. He talks about Hardcore. He talks about Taxi Driver. Um, and with Taxi Driver, you know, talking about how originally they wanted um, Brian De Palma to direct it with uh, Jeff Bridges playing Travis Bickle. Could you imagine Ooh. the fucking world? <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Was, what? Jeff Bridges is fucking – Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah,
3: no, no. Ah, yeah. (laughs) I can't imagine that. But
2: but 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 that is because we now associate that role and that whole world to what it is. You know what I mean? Like we can't see taxi driver and not see De Niro. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it's so, like of so course. much of that is like, you don't even need to have seen the movie to not know the to to know the line. You know, I'm walking here, like all of that stuff. That's it's so <laughs> intrinsically tied into pop culture at this point. Um, you know that that there's there's no way around it. Uh, so what, like, you know what I would say is is could Jeff Bridges do it? You know what? I think he could, actually, because Jeff Bridges is one of those weird actors who, especially when he was younger, even though his intensity, right, was a little bit different, he could play manic. He had the ability yeah. to play that kind of, like, manic role. So he might not necessarily come off as the the New York angry that we're going to see from De Niro, but he would be able to portray that, like, that manic kind of like, I'm a little unhinged right now, like you don't know exactly what you do, almost like Al Snow. You know what I mean? Think about Al yep. Snow.
0: Think about how Al, Al, Al Snow was back in the day.
2: You kind of didn't know what the what fuck to
0: do, do, you know? Like <laughs> I
2: got me in trouble one time at a fucking, at a at a, a mowdown. It was ridiculous. I'm walking around with a fucking Al Snow shirt that says, give me head with him holding his head. You know what I mean? It's clearly a fucking <laughs> wrestling shirt. And, and it's just some yep. fucking you know liberal type chick. It's just and this isn't a fucking like scam on politics or anything. But like come on, this is. She's like, uh, I don't really think that shirt's very appropriate here. And I'm like, well, I'm not <laughs> asking you for it. Like you know what I mean? Like come on, it's just it's a statement. Like, what can I say? I, I didn't make the shirt. I'm just wearing it, honey. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> but, 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 but but
2: yeah, I I, I can definitely see Bridges kind of like working in that in that role
1: um yeah i mean you know because when you said that i was like you know what i started thinking about when he was in the vanishing uh the remake uh with mm-hmm. keeper sutherland and sandra bullock and he did play that character very fucking manic and very fucking sinister like against type because you're used to jeff ridges playing a hero type but he's always like the good guy the guy that you want to root for the guy that you want to see save the day but in the vanishing he was playing a fucking serial killer yeah, and he played it very kind of quiet, but there was that undertone of sinister. Like, what, Especially when he meets up with Keeper son. when years later, he's like, You want to see where I buried your girlfriend? And he, no! No, I don't. No, I'm good. Like, like, he's, just, he's so fucking quiet about it. Like, he's like, You know, she didn't struggle a whole lot. I'm like, I bet she didn't, sir. Like, you know, I'm my parents. Like, you know, Where's an adult? Like, you know, he just played it so fucking well, and I didn't think he could do it, because, Again, you're used to seeing him playing, like, the heroes, the guy that's always going to save the day, or, you know, Big Lebowski if you want to, but, you know, you're always used to seeing Jeff Bridges as playing the hero. Like Arlington Road, great example, with uh, Tim Robbins. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one, where Tim Robbins is playing a fucking terrorist that was trying to blow up buildings in Washington, D.C. Wow,
2: bro, talk about a fucking, like, deep cut, too, man. That flick is like one of those like real under the fucking radar. Like right? me, I remember me and the dean watching that shit, and this is back in our fucking L.S.V. days. So like we were always looking for shit that had like layered types of fucking like meanings and characters and like those really fucked up twists and turns because you know, you're fucking flying around on fucking acid at the time. And like it can be like the simplest twist of all. Like so fucking obvious like it came out of no like, you know, they came like it was like, hey, they've been screaming the entire time, like, this is what's gonna happen, this is what's gonna happen. No, on acid <laughs> yeah. you're like Oh, my God, I can't fucking believe that. That's the smartest shit I've ever seen. How do people write this shit? And then you spend the next three hours trying to figure out how people write that kind of stuff, you know?
0: Um, but
2: Arlington Road, Monkey, if you've never seen that movie, without a fucking doubt, write it down right now and watch that shit, dude. It is fucking great.
1: Yeah, I would definitely give you that one, Monkey, and also give you another one Jeff Bridges, Blown Away, uh, with Tommy Lee Jones playing oh, Irish
0: theaters, bro.
1: Oh, so fucking good? Where Jeff Bridges is like a bomb expert and Tommy Lee Jones is an ex-Irish IRA fucking idiot? Uh, uh, th- <laughs> no, I, I re-
3: That's the problem, man, with Tommy Lee Jones trying to do that Irish accent. I was just kind of
1: like, nah. oh, I just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't fucking, oh, it was okay. so fucking Him bouncing on the fucking bed and calling Jeff Bridges. and he was like, oh, I'm about to kid your dad. And he was like, what? <laughs> then you see Roy Bridges all fucking tied up with a bomb. <laughs> Like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, well,
3: yeah, the, everyone was watching that shit because I think that movie was around the same time as, you know, Speed and The Negotiator <laughs> and, you know, the, that kind of shit. So everyone was going for, you know, what, what's the, you know, next, you know, white, you know, white terrorist <laughs> movie going on. <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, 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 monkey,
2: monkey. Okay, I, I, honestly, I got to ask, okay? Why did you just say that? As if, like, you said it in a real low voice and then looked around to see if there's any white people. As if, like, you were in a <laughs> <the laughs> counter to your friends, you dropped the S-bomb, and then had
0: white to look George. around and somebody like, wasn't
2: about to hit you with a chair, you know? Um, no, without that, a doubt, i 100% right. That movie came out around the same time as Speed. It was, like, 1994. I think Speed was, like, 93. And fucking people that were just blowing shit up. Like everybody was a yeah. fucking bomber in some sort of way. Like every movie has to Yes, That's what
1: I'm saying. Like,
2: I wanna blow your fucking asses up. I want money. I want fucking freedom. You know, dude, lethal uh not lethal weapon, uh uh, uh diehard with the vengeance. Everything had yep. to do with fucking bombs. Bombs, bombs, bombs. <laughs> no longer were we hijacking planes. We were just gonna blow you the fuck up.
0: Yeah. Oh, the world trade bombing so. would happen
2: yeah. soon, you know?
3: <laughs> and, yeah, you know, because then it's same, around the, yeah. around the same time Bruce Willis was in that movie, The Jackal, you know, uh, again. Yo, <laughs> yeah, Jackal's really
0: good.
3: Yeah, that what was always, fun. What <laughs> always pissed
2: me off about Blown Away <laughs> that Jack is that great. actually there yep. is a Corey Feldman movie. Corey Feldman, called Corey
1: Haynes, Nicole Eggert?
2: Corey Haynes Nicole Eggert. Dude, one of those like yeah. made for cable, like you know, caught it on late night. You know, Nicole Eggert looking a so of hot. It's,
0: like
2: a, it's yeah, but like it's none of them really in you, know, you know what I mean? It's just it's one of, of those though, he- like you love Ha you love Haim, you love Feldman, and again, Nicole Eggert looking so hot that I always remember whenever I see it, like in the fucking the the what's coming on next season, the channel that you have to watch. <laughs> The, yeah, well, did that channel have a name? Was that what it was? Like, I,
0: It was oh. just a fucking
2: channel. There it was, it was a channel that you'd put on cable, right? And that would be telling you what's coming mm-hmm. up next. Except, like, you couldn't scroll through it like you can now. You had to just, like, wait as each you had channel to wait like, for it. scrolled yeah. its way up and, like, let yeah. you know what was coming on. And I'd see blown away, and I'd be like, yes, it's going to be the fucking Corey Have Corey Feldman movie. And then, now nah, it was the Jeff Bridges movie every time. I'm like, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I remember that movie. A lot of rotation on Cinemax back in the day, because Corey Hayden had that scene with Nicole Edgar where he's fucking making out with her, and he's touching her fucking underwear, and she's like, rip it. And then he fucking rips her underwear mirror <laughs> so he can fuck it. Yeah! Never forget that scene. this, <laughs> <laughs> like that fucking line delivery, and him being like, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? Then it's like, oh, by the way, like, you guys are going to be frank for murder. He's like, I don't care if you keep getting that pussy. <laughs> like, that's the only thing i remember about that movie that she was trying to pin a murder on him and, and uh, Feldman. Uh, but, that, yeah, it was another late-night kind of cinematic type of movie. I thought i love him. Yeah, Blown Away and <laughs> the other Blown Away. Two Blown Away movies. Who would have thought? But, um, so getting into some of the things I want to talk about for horror news, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter uh, I saw on Saturday, I thought it was great. You know, it, it was definitely a cool kind of take on Dracula, as we saw in the trailers. Um, and... It was one of those movies where I could definitely see it being in black and white. Like there was gore, but not enough where you're like, "Wow, this is just overly, you know, gory." But unfortunately, it didn't really do that well. <laughs> you know, it's another Dracula movie where it really just brought in uh, about six point five million based off a forty-five million dollar budget. So another bomb.
3: <laughs> oh. so it's a that's what you get. Yeah. The world is so, a
0: vampire. It. <laughs> That's
1: what you get for Honestly, doing that. Said,
0: <laughs> okay, well,
1: yeah. trailer aside, because the trailer, it, using that Smashing Pumpkin song, I agree, didn't like it. But it was one of those movies when I'm watching it, I was like, I could see this movie being in black and white. Like, I would love to see a black and white transfer of this movie because it had a hammer feel to it. Like, it was very old school, like 70s Hammer. Like, they were giving you gore, but they were giving you just enough, so you're like, okay, all right, let's move on to the next one. And, you know, seeing what happens to the crew, because everybody's like, well, you know what happens to them. They all die. Like, it's like, no. You know, there, there's an interesting kind of take towards the end of the movie where it lends to something that could happen and be more interesting, but with it bombing so bad, you're not going to see another one. <laughs> and I kind of felt bad because I enjoyed it. Like, I, I was like, you know, this is, you know, possibly top ten, but definitely not like top three. This is like probably like ten or nine <laughs> But I just, I I loved it. I was like, I think they were doing something different, which needs to be seen. It doesn't always have to be like a Bela Lugosi type Dracula. Sometimes it could be a feral fucking creature that just wants to tear you apart and drink your blood.
3: Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, you know, when people are like, you know, horror nerds ask, you know, Would would you rather be a ghost or, you know, a werewolf or a vampire? You know, it's like there's lots of different fucking kinds of vampires, you know, in different classes, you know, in in my opinion, you know. And one of those classes is like the Nosferatu kind, you know, kind of like in the Vampire the Masquerade uh, game. And then the TV show that was only one season, sadly. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, again, not all vampires need to be pretty ass and rice vampires. You know, right. it's, all right, it's all right to switch it up and just, like you say, and show some nasty feral motherfuckers out there. Not all of them are, you know, ooh, come with me into the shadows of the night, blah, 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 you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, they did have, like, Easter eggs towards the original Dracula, which I did like, uh, the Bela Lugosi Todd Browning uh, from 1931. Like, they found his cane at a certain point with the wolf's head on it, and I was like, yeah, there you go. I was like, that's cool. That's a throwback, like, you know. And it's just, it, it was fun. Um, you know, I just i had a really good time with it. Uh, the theater was pretty filled when I went to go see it on Saturday, which I really was happy about because I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to be the only one in this theater. And then when I walked in, I was like, wow, there's people here. <laughs> I was like, this is uh, nice." I've uh, seen a, a Dracula movie with people, you know. But for some reason, people kept fucking leaving, I guess. Like, there was one guy, the movie's almost over. There's, like, maybe less than 10 minutes left, and the guy got up to go to the bathroom and came back, and I'm like, oh, credits. I like, so you just missed the fucking <laughs> ending, bro. <laughs> Where did you go? Did you ever hear shit yeah. that bad? It's like going to the movies with your dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, my dad forgot about it, like, fucking goddamn seven times. Like, we went to go see Op and like, be right back. Be right back, be right back. I'm like, are you going to see any of this? I'm like, what did you stop popping off? <laughs> stop drinking that soda. <laughs> I'm like, wait. But I paid You're 20 bucks like, for it. I, I, I got to drink I paid. it. <laughs> I paid. for it. He got in for free. I paid for the tickets. I was like, so, you know, just try to stand and watch the movie. I paid for this. you got to go. move out
0: of your seat, old man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fucking Gatorade bottle, fill it up. <laughs> you know? uh, uh, he's, a, sure. he's like, but I already know what happens. Like, I don't care, I'm paying for this. You're going to sit here and enjoy. He's like, no, I'll be right back. <laughs> he's like, what happened? I was like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you what happened. Figure it out. You know what a happened. A bomb
2: went off, Dad. <laughs> a
1: bomb. What do you want me to fucking yeah. tell
2: you that you don't know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know that
2: fucking city called Hiroshima, Dad? It's not there anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's not <laughs> Thanks, Oppenheimer <laughs> There's No more sake um,
0: for Nagasaki, motherfucker
1: Yeah, that no! random thing of the bomb Oh, man, that whole fucking story Yeah. Hey, what do you guys want to do next? We got bombs Hey, let's just pick a name at random Nagasaki sounds fun Alright, dropping it What? Okay <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, America, That's... you rule Look, we made
2: Godzilla, okay? So don't, don't take that away.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, talking about, you know, British inspirations for movies, uh, Amicus Productions is rising from the shadows once again with a new film. Uh, I loved Amicus back in the day because of their movies like Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, Asylum, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horrors, Torture Garden, you name it. They were known for their Portmanteau movies, which are anthology movies. So their new one is going to be called The Group of Terror, and seeks to honor the classic studio's legacy while forging a new chapter in British horror. So details are kind of scarce right now, but when I saw Amicus is coming back, I was like, please make it like the old school 70s movies, like Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, like all those movies. I fucking love those movies. They were so 70s and so weird and fun. Uh, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want that back because Amicus knew what they were fucking doing. Hammer tried, but they couldn't get to where Amicus was with uh, their portmanteau movies. Um, so this is another big one. The first image of Toxie, a.k.a. the Toxic Avenger, the first superhero from New Jersey, as well as the movie poster for the Toxic Avenger reboot, is been released this week. The movie will debut at Fantastic Fest next month in Austin, Texas. As far as the plot goes, Peter Dinklage stars as downtrodden janitor Winston who after falling into a vat of toxic waste, becomes none other than the Toxic Avenger. This timely reimagining is up to its eyeballs in environmental themes as Winston goes up against the evil forces of greed and corruption to save his son, his friends, and his community. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. I was like, Ugh. he's got a son, and he's trying to fight for the community. I know it's Peter Dinklage, but I mean, like the whole thing about Toxic Avenger was that it's, it's fucking Melvin Junko, a 90-pound fucking nothing who gets thrown to a vat of toxic acid and becomes this gigantic toxic Avenger. So I don't know how they're going to play it with Peter Dinklage, but I'm kind of interested, because the screenshot, it's in the shadow, so you don't really get to see him, but you can clearly tell that it's Peter Dinklage. You know, you know he's a, a small stature actor. I just, I don't know how it's going to play out. I'm interested, but also kind of like, I don't know. Because is always and, huge. And, yeah,
3: but unless it's, He's playing the role of the janitor and then someone else is going to be coming in and then playing the role of our Hulked Out Toxie like we know of. So then it's going to be double disappointment because then we're going to have less screen time with Dinklage
1: than we were hoping for. I don't think. You have, look at the screenshot. I uh, put it on the Talking Tarot page. Look at that screenshot. I definitely think it's Dinklage as Toxie. I think he it is looks like normal it. as, as Gooms. Yeah, and he is now Toxie, but he's the same size. He doesn't grow. He, he's just the same size, but this toxic now. So that's why I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know, could be good. I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, so it's – you're used to that kind of transformation, you know, of, of yeah. little Melvin Junko becoming this huge fucking Toxie. So, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping for a good movie, <laughs> you know, because I love Toxic Avenger, one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, Lloyd Kaufman's 1984 classic, but – so a reboot is fun. I mean, I know they have, you know, the butt-gut sequ- uh, sequence that the dean was talking about. And so obviously they're going to keep it gory. They're going to keep it trauma. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they just kind of make it happen with Bigwood, uh, as Toxie. Um, so French indie video game developer Blue Rose Team are now working on a throwback third-person video game based on Twin Peaks called Twin Peaks Into the Night. The game sports throwback PSX graphics and a cinematic camera, and will follow the plot of the cult classic show as you play as Dale Cooper, tasked with finding out who killed Homecoming Queen Laura Palmer. David Lynch and Mark Frost, the creators of Twin Peaks, have no involvement with this current project. So I just put it up on the Talking Terror page today. I'm looking forward to seeing more. They said that when the game releases, it's going to be for free, so I'm pretty sure you can probably find it on Steam. Um, They released a demo trailer for it, but I was like, well, Deadly Premonitions is basically Twin Peaks. So we've had a Twin Peaks video game. But this is actually like yeah. Twin Peaks Twin Peaks. So, interesting.
3: True, but this game is also going to be um, a VR game. So you're going to have to have an Oculus for this. Okay. Show, for pl- playing it on Steam. And again, PSX graphics. So, you know, we're, we're talking crappy ass, you know, 1994 graphics from a PS1. So, you know. <laughs> ah, uh, I'm not really getting that worked up about this. Like, when I first saw the uh, the the article that you put up on the Talking Terror page, I was super fucking stoked about it. But then when I looked into it more, it was like, oh, it's a funky, weird-ass VR thing, you know, and unfortunately, not, not very great graphics on a great engine, because we're going old-school PSX style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's just... it's. It's just kind of fun to have a Twin Peaks video game. Like I said, Deadly Premonitions is basically Twin Peaks. So if you want to get a better experience, play that PS2 game, uh, Deadly Premonitions, because it's basically the same thing, just kind of a different story, but same type of David Lynch feel, where it's, like, fucking weird. You don't know why it happens the way that it does, but it does. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just – I'm a forever uh, a Twin Peaks fan. as That's why you know, Monkey and I got along when we first met, because we're both fucking Twin Peaks fans. So
0: I was like, oh, shit, you are Twin Peaks? No fucking
1: way, dude! <laughs> Hell yeah! And we'd have our our Cooper fucking moments in the fucking office. <laughs> <laughs> for
3: Come running in, kick it open the door, Gordon. How's it going, Gordon? Hey, Coop! <laughs>
1: everyone in the office is You're like just a small out today. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the Gordon Cole and fucking Dave, the Dale Cooper shit that we used to do, and everybody's like, "I just want my check in. Like, why are they yelling at each other? <laughs> Perfectly normal in a work environment. Yeah, you know, it's two fucking weird, Twin Peaks fans. <laughs> That's all it is. All us Twin Peaks fans are fucking weird in some way or another. Um, so, you know, I, I talked about talk to me. Uh, the movie that just came out a couple weeks ago, talked about how much I love it. Uh, Dean talked about how there's going to be a sequel uh, or prequel coming out soon from the the directing team of the two friends. Um, But A24 is actually going to be releasing a replica of the cadaver hand from Talk to Me. No details have been released yet on price, but stay tuned because I definitely think I'm going to buy one once it's available on the A24 (laughs) store. (laughs) Just to have the cadaver hand I'll put it right at my coffee table, everybody that comes by I can fucking shake hands with it, see if you can talk to the dead, <laughs> it'll be there. Um, and speaking, of course, of Talk To Me, after being in theaters for three weeks, it currently sits at $38,643,877 worldwide, which is a huge fucking success for A24, based on basically a no kind of budget for Talk to Me. So. Definitely going to be getting that sequel, but I'm just so glad to see a movie like Talk to Me get talked about, but not only talked about but seen and make those kind of numbers. It's original fucking horror. It's not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's not something you've seen before. You know, it's just I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like I, I want everybody to see it because it's just so much fun and so different. Um, you know, definitely um, worth checking out. And I, I'm sure it's going to be on digital eventually, and I'd love to talk about it more, but. So talking about more movies that are in the theaters, on August 25th, the 1993 classic Jurassic Park is going back to theaters, and this time in Real D 3D to celebrate its 30th anniversary, tickets are available now, so if you've always wanted to see it but see it in 3D, now is your chance. They released it in 2013 in 3D, but not with that Real 3D technology, so now you can see it. The way that they want you to, with that T-Rex just poking its head out at you with real 3D technology.
2: I will be. That happy might actually be really damn cool to see. I uh, see, and me, I'll be happy just to go see just just to go see the original Jurassic Park in theaters again. It's one of those movies that you know I had seen a couple of times in the theater back back when it was originally released. Um, you know, not not the same amount as Endgame and Free Willy, but, but probably probably close to it. You know, I think during its initial run I probably saw that movie <laughs> like three or four times. And I I really love the first Jurassic Park. I still think it's the best in the entire series. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so without a doubt, I am looking forward to seeing that movie again.
1: I definitely thought twice in the theaters when I was a kid. I remember fucking being a mark for that fucking movie and buying the fucking t-shirt and shit like that and having the fucking toys and the video games. And I was like, this fucking movie rules. So, it was like one of the first movies I ever saw twice in the theater. Uh, Beavis and Butthead I saw three times. Beavis and Butthead to America, so that kind of beat it out. So <laughs> That's just because I was like a Beavis and Butthead. When am I going to get the chance to see them in the theater again? <laughs> yeah, the whole three times. I'm kind of, you know, proud of myself for that. I saw Django twice in theater Django Unchained just because I didn't want to go see Wayne Miz and Rob, my girlfriend. So I'm like, you have fun with this. I'm going to go see Django Unchained again. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I,
2: mean, not Wade, I just saw Django. I bought her ticket. I, I, I wanted to see Django.
1: Well, yeah, I, I had no interest in seeing Wayne Miz, so I bought her ticket. I said, you have fun. I'll well, be in the theater it. seeing Django. <laughs> and she's like, but you saw that already. I was like, yeah, but I'm seeing it again because Quentin Tarantino and fucking Django. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <see you> later. <laughs> um, yeah. M- uh, my my, my Django
2: experience is a little bit of a of a weird one, man. It's a, it's like up there, you know, because I saw it in Freehold, and and yeah, there, you know, I don't know, there there were a number of African Americans in the audience for the movie, which you know, mm. being a Tarantino fan. Like, you know how he is. There's stuff that's done in that movie for, like, comedic purposes because he oh, likes yeah. to make people uncomfortable and he wants to make them laugh. But, like, these people were mm-hmm. having none of it. So, like, it's it's basically, you know, like, the, 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 you just basically picture me trying not to fucking die laughing at certain sequences in that movie <laughs> because I'm afraid I'm going to get beat up if I do. Yeah. Especially
3: no, because we different. know... We know how Tarantino writes. We know the language that he uses and and makes company. Oh, yeah, you know, the stuff that we're supposed to be laughing at, you know, because that's how he wrote it. And again, his love for the 70s. So, of course, he's going to drop bombs all over the place, you know, and we're supposed to be laughing with it, with the uncomfortableness of it. Yeah, exactly what you're saying, Gould. It's like, yeah, you know, we get it and we're supposed to be there. It's like. You know, hey, I'm a you know, you know, as in you, Ghoul. You know, you're a huge Tarantino fan. Well, other people are probably not so much in the theater is like, look, I understand what he's saying. It's a personal funny. Well, yeah.
2: <clears throat> and, and not at mm-hmm. the same time. You know, like the the hystericalness, the the funny is actually coming from that uncomfortable place because of some of the the truer depictions that he does. Uh, well, what I can say is this much, man. All bets went off when Sam Jackson showed up. Once he started oh, talking yeah. about the Big <laughs> and all and that was it. I was done. It was. Just, it was. There was no holding it back anymore. There was like, I don't give a fuck. And you know what? Thankfully, the rest of the theater started to to loosen up by that point too. You know, I think once he became oh, cowboy was, Django, some... people were a little happier.
1: Yeah, that was like the comfortable point where, like, if you're singing audience, you know, like that. That's the point where everybody's comfortable, everybody's having a good time. But the Don Johnson part, I could see that definitely being troubling. I, I can't say anything. I can't laugh. I just have to sit here and just, you know, pretend like, hmm, it's a good movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because of Tarantino writing that dialogue. I felt the same way when I saw Pulp Fiction uh, in a re-release in the theaters. It was in, like, the cheap theaters. They did a re-release of that back in, like, the early 2000s. And that scene with Tarantino, when he's talking to Sam Jackson and John Travolta, i like, mm-hmm. I feel uncomfortable seeing this in the theater with a lot of people. <laughs> but, you know, it's like he's using that word, and I know he's comfortable with that, but I'm not. That's <laughs> the only time I was ever uncomfortable <laughs> seeing the Tarantino movie in the theater just because of how casual he was. And Sam Jackson has always defended Tarantino for using, you know, certain bomb words. He's like, it's just a fucking word. Like, you know, when he was doing that interview with the white guy, and he's like, you say, he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> like, you can't. It's just a word. He's like, yeah, but it's kind
3: of
0: like, no, 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 no,
3: I'll pass. I'll pass, thanks. <laughs> what, you mean the dead and
0: yeah.
1: mom the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. I, you know, like, he loves 70s exploitation movies. I mean, that's what he grew up on. I mean, he was always talking about how much he loved, like, you know, Jim Brown and his movies and Richard Roundtree and Shaft and seeing all these black exploitation movies. And he's like, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. He's like, they're great movies. <laughs> You know, and in the book he was talking about seeing um, a, a movie called Get on the Bus, uh, back, uh, coming for the bus back in the 70s, and all these black people were like, fuck you, man, suck my dick, and they are yelling at the screen. So he's like nine years old, and he's like, suck my dick. And everybody started fucking laughing. <laughs> and they're like, Yeah, yeah, you tell them. All these people laughing at the <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> right? And he's like, it was a great time. Um, but uh, so while Christmas is still a few months away, following the success of the Christmas horror movie The Mean One, a new Christmas horror movie is set to be released in theaters this November and that movie is Werewolf Santa. The film centers on oh. Santa Claus who turns into a werewolf on Christmas Eve and wreaks havoc in a small seaside town while a local YouTuber setting off on an adventure to save Christmas from this new threat. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> Santa werewolf, I'm in. I need to see it. <laughs> it's going to be fucking terrible but I still need to see it. Just to be able to say, I saw werewolf Santa, so I thought that was a fun one. Um, FX has announced uh, this morning that American Horror Story Delicate Part 1 will premiere on September twentieth, 2023. It stars returning AHS alum Emma Roberts and Zachary Quinto, and for some reason, Kim Kardashian. So that's fun. So we have yeah. She, uh, has <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't hate Kim Kardashian like a lot of people do. I mean, I get it, you know. I mean, I say live with it, man. Like, you know, you made your fortunes on a sex tape. You have your store. You have the fucking reality show. I don't hate on Kim Kardashian like a lot of people do. I just, you know, so get it, man. (laughs) I was like, ride that fucking wave of success. That's what I've always said. I don't don't hate on her. I don't like her very much, but at the same time, hey, you kind of made your mark in fucking pop culture history, so why not go for a TV show?
3: Yeah, I, I I don't mind the Kardashians so much. It's the the motherfucker that went around like that was on Saturday Night Live and like pretty much dated all of them.
1: <laughs> oh, Pete Davidson, he only dated Kim. He didn't date all of them. He only dated Kim Kardashian.
2: Dude, how could you hate Pete no,
1: Davidson, bro? Dude, I just don't that. find him funny, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pete Davidson, That's has got to live up to Guy got Kate Beckinsale, Kim Kardashian, Ariana Grande. That guy just fucking – he must have a gigantic guy. Like, that dude must I'd fucking be like hanging fucking on. Um. I
2: I'd see, like I, I, I guess I could see where maybe you don't find a funny monkey, but, like, being that I know he's like a Staten Island kid, he's a New York kid. He's one of us. You know what I mean? So, like,
0: he's mm-hmm.
2: awkward – like off-putting way of comedy of like kind of making people uncomfortable because he seems like a little like erratic. Like I enjoy it. I can appreciate it because he reminds yeah. me of like me family members and friends that I
1: had. Yeah, he has that uh, show on Peacock, Bupkis," If you haven't seen that yet with Joe Pesci, fucking great. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, Pete Davidson can do no wrong in my eyes. I've always appreciated it. Even that uh, movie they did, King of Staten Island. I thought that was a good movie. So, you know, he's always managed to make me laugh. Just because, like you said, well, he just he wants to make you uncomfortable. Because he was always so like, hey, remember when I tried to fucking kill myself because I was depressed? And like, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like yeah, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those where, and like I hope and pr- I hope and pray that there never there never comes that day that I'm watching the news and I find that you know Pete Davidson dead of like an overdose. You know, like it's just like one of those where like he's always been upfront and honest about his partying habits oh, yeah. the things and the shitty things that he did and his road to recovery which is equated to where he is now you know which he had, like, that big surge, and you saw him everywhere for a little bit. And now it's kind of died down a little bit, as as we see often with, with, with certain celebrities, you know. And, and that's good. I hope that's good for him. I hope he finds something uh, to, to settle into and, and has great success with it.
1: And what I always enjoyed about him is that he would go on Saturday Night Live, he would go on a Weekend Update, and he would just fucking talk about it. Like, oh, I guess you guys heard about the fact that I was in my house and I, I was unresponsive for a couple of hours. You know, what happens, right? Like you just lose track of time and all of a sudden I don't want to die.
0: He <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just he had no problems being upfront about who he was and who he is as a person. So I've always appreciated about him, you know. And his comedy is great. He just he likes to make you feel weird and uncomfortable. Um but, you know, as far as, you know, him getting all the women, good for him, man. <laughs> Oh, I, I, and do the other I
2: do agree, King. He has to have, like, a monster cock. Like, I get, like, you know, <laughs> he's got that dangerous <laughs> vibe, and, and you know, maybe they all feel like this is so broken they can help him and all this and that. Like, I do get that. I do. But, man, like, it's not like his relationships. Like, you know, they, they seem to have, like, at least some longevity with them, which means he must. Fuck good and has a monster dick. Like he's got to have he one of those monster New York cocks, bro. He's got to have him fucking arm I between his legs. About
0: again.
2: Of course, I'm talking about myself again. We'll go about
0: <laughs>
1: he's got the hog. You know, he knows how to eat pussy. Like he's a he's a double threat. He'll make you laugh. Well, triple threat really, because he can make you laugh and then eat pussy and fucking just slay you with his monster hog. So that's why all well, these. women the worst I, just, I can't get enough of him.
2: You don't want them to make you laugh while you're fucking, because that can kind of like that can really backfire on you, like big time. You know, you got you got to watch that sometimes.
3: I've, I've had no it. It man, because if anything, that. that no, if you get them to laugh, then that can just tighten up the pussy and make it that much better.
1: That's what I'm saying. Depends on what you do, but it can sometimes work to your favor. It's worked to my favor numerous <laughs> times. So I can just <laughs> Full on, know what I'm doing. You make them laugh a little bit, also like, like yep, <laughs> I'm good. You just keep on going. Um, So the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the movie tonight, um, NECA will be releasing a New York Comic-Con exclusive uh, Ghostface Takes Manhattan figure, uh, which comes out this October for New York Comic-Con. The figure will come in special packaging that's inspired by the classic movie poster for Jason Takes Manhattan with Ghostface slashing through an I Heart New York billboard. The figure itself will come with an age mask, a green glowing dark mask, a rainbow mask, and a classic mask. It also includes a knife wipe hand and a voice changer holding hand, all new knives, a plague kill booklet, and a Statue of Liberty souvenir. So, NECA going all in on the fact that Ghostface went to New York uh, with 36. So, uh, I put it up on the Talking to Terror page. You can see the, the different things that it comes with. Um, I just like the fact that they put the bill and they made a play kill. And, you know, it's, that's fine. <laughs> you know? And it comes with a little Statue of Liberty. I, also, the fact that it comes with a rainbow pride mask. they are not saying it's a pride mask, but they're like, it's a pride mask. <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying it, but, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it's pride. <laughs> but, you know, it, it looks cool. I know, know it wasn't a really huge it's, it's just cloth again, so I'm not a really big fan of the cloth, but... Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, it's all the It's,
1: uh, it's the exclusive. <laughs> so if you guys are into exclusives out there and you're going to be at the New York Comic Con this October, you know, why don't you pick up one of those uh, Scream uh, Ghostface Taste Manhattan figures. I'd, again, you know, the monkey and I, not into the cloth, but give me a sculpted and I'll uh-huh. pick it up. But, uh-huh. I already have Mm-hmm. I already have my ultimate fucking screen sculpted that uh, the monkey bought me a couple of years ago, which is proudly on display in my, my figure cabinet, which I fucking love the death. Well,
3: that's, that's because that, wasn't McFarlane toys. that was a McFarland toy. That wasn't an NECA. That's why.
1: Oh, no, yeah. It was a Movie Maniacs. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Because they sculpted it. But all right. So tonight, it's my pick, Death Game from 1977, directed by Peter S. Tringer. A uh, loose synopsis, because we'll get into it. Two women seduce and torment a businessman from San Francisco, and everything just turns into fucking chaos. So they start off kind of sweet, kind of nice. He's playing into it, and then they fucking turn psychotic, and they have a lot of daddy issues. And he's is like, fuck, I shouldn't have fucking answered the door. Well, my wife's away. It sucks. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> it's, Uh, A movie that I saw just a couple years ago, because I saw the remake from uh, Eli Roth, Knock, Knock, um, and I thought it was fun. I was like, this is kind of a fun movie. Like, it's a niche movie. I could see it being for, like, a small audience. then I found the 1980 uh, remake called Vicious and Nude uh, from a Mexican director, which is a lot more sexual.
3: Oh, the Spanish version.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just it's a lot more kind of uh, explicit and it's you know it's sex but you know I just had a lot of fun with knock uh, with knock knock and then with uh, Death Game just because Sandra Locke and Colleen Camp especially Colleen Camp I had such a crush on her back in the day with when she was in Clue as the French maid of that and I was like I want to see what else she's in and then I saw her knock knock I mean not, not, I could say knock knock but uh, Death Game I just was in love <laughs> so you know uh, go what did you think about Death Game?
2: All right, so this is a first-time watch for me. Um, You know, I'm like, I'm in a real weird camp when it comes to, like, these Grindhouse types of movies, right? So, like, it's one of those where there's, like, a part of me where it's, like, in theory, I enjoy Grindhouse because, you know, I enjoy the randomness. I enjoy the silliness. I enjoy all of that, like, the nonsensical shit that goes on within them. But, and there is a but, but for me, my biggest Ooh, issue – uh, yes, yes, I love butt. You saw plenty of butt in this movie. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I prefer my Grindhouse films to have had at least a, a potential foundation. Like, I prefer mm. it to be a movie in which it's like, okay, this film – could actually really, if given like a budget and given like really good actors and, and the proper, you know, the, the, the proper people on set, could actually be a really good film. It just didn't have that. They may do what they had and this is what they were able to do. And, and, and I, can, I can appreciate it to, to that extent. You know, this is like one of those where it just seemed like it was silly. And like you get that right from the very beginning with the song, and you know I know at one point Zach like walked in and it's like, why is there a fucking kid song like playing? What the hell are you watching? You know, and like as he turns around, <laughs> they're like fucking butt ass naked, like fucking on screen, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And, and it's like, yeah, I, I I can't even really explain it, kid. What what do you want me to say? You know, like he's AP now, so it, it is what it is. Um, so, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie, but I did find it just kind of like slogging along at times. There were a lot of pauses for me during the film. You know, I would get distracted. I'd watch like a little bit of like, I would catch something on my phone real fast and then have to rewind a couple of seconds. So like this made an hour and a half movie probably take closer to like three hours for me to watch. Um, you know, and it's funny, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, wow, I recognize, you know, I recognize her because I know her from, like, Police Academy. I know her from,
0: like, yeah, a, we a whole can. slew
2: of fucking movies, man. You know, so it was like, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun to, to to see Colleen Camp in the movie and see her, like, playing a, a young, sexy type of character, you know? Like, I, I, I think for me, like, the one that I, I, I really... Like, I, there's, there's two movies that, like, you know, besides the Police Academy movie. But, like, she's the mom and Daryl, you know, of his friend mm-hmm. Turtle, uh, the robot boys. And yeah. He's got a buddy named Turtle. She's Turtle's mom. And then, you know, like, the, the other movie is she's Mr. F- Mrs. fucking Vanderhoff in Wayne's World. Wayne's World. And that is kind of yeah. <laughs> where I really remember her because she's the fucking guy who's the arcade king's wife. And there's that sequence in which, like, you know, she's, like, poking around all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, this is where the magic happens, you know. And, like, I just, it's something about, like, her standing out, like, during that, like, particular scene just, like, stuck to my head the entire time I'm watching this movie. Um, yeah, the sex scenes were fun. The girls were, like, zany and wild. I am, you know, and unfortunately it'll be a while before I pick it. I am looking forward to seeing what they did with this with Knock Knock. I want to see what happens, <laughs> I think you know, it having Keanu Reeves in the role. I want to see what happens if yeah. you have actresses that might have a little more uh, acting talent, let's say. You know, plus, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I have, <laughs> I, have a thing for Anna, I have a thing for Anna de Armas. So, you know what, I, I will say, you know what, I, I'm fucking probably terribly biased oh, when it comes to that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she's super fucking hot, though. Uh, Monkey,
3: what you think about that game? <laughs> uh, okay, start up. It's another small cast movie. Yeah, small cast movies. We know how I fucking love them. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know. I like where it was going with, you know, the beginning and the the weirdness of the song and shit like that. We'll get, I'll get we'll go more into that later. Uh, but small cast, you know, we're pretty much only talking three characters here. You know, anyone could have played Seymour Castle because the dude in this movie, he doesn't play, do a fucking thing. It's like his acting is just fucking dreadful in this movie, so it, he doesn't fucking matter. Um, Col- Colin Camp, again, like, while watching this movie here, it's like, yeah. It's like, because I'm like the ghoul where I prefer going in 100% blind. I don't want to know anything about the movie at Mm -hmm. all. You know, it's like, just let the ride happen. You know, those are the best ways for movies that I've never heard of. And it's just, watching this, I was just like, you know, there's something about her smile. She just looks familiar, and I can't place it. Uh, You know, it's just something about just that base and then after the movie was over I looked it up I was like, yeah, like Google was saying the Police Academy movies, you know <clears throat> and I was like, oh crap, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah You know, so she's super cute, really enjoyed watching her in the scene um, then we get to Sandra Locke in this movie and when you put her in she's the right like role she, she what? I said yeah, TV, uh, she's bro she skews
2: she yeah, me out. You know what, that fucking like, yeah. spidery, like way too skinny, like, nah, man. And, you know, I know she's playing like yeah. supposedly young. We never really know what their real ages are. We know what they tell him. But yeah, I'm going to assume she's that 30, they're lying. Really. But, but she's 30, 31 when she's making this movie, and she surely fucking looks it. Sorry, monkey, Continue. <laughs>
3: You, you, no, you're absolutely right, man. It's like she she looks like fucking Zelda in Pet Cemetery. You know, it's she's fucking nasty, man. <laughs> you know, the go. entire the entire time, yeah. You know, w- when they're having the 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 meal section and the shit, she's shoving shit in her food and stuff. It's just looking gross as hell. It's like, but. The way she conducts herself, like, with, when she acts, it's like her, her tone is very crisp and very clear. It's like, you know, she, she's good at nailing her lines and stuff like that, she's, and she's great in comedic roles, you know, but she's too crisp and clear to be playing a 17-year-old. You know, and Mm -hmm. and it's like, you're you're supposed to be 17, and you're looking 70 in this thing, you know, (laughs) looking all super anorexic, looking like you need a meal. And it's just, she kept distracting me and annoying the living fuck out of me throughout this entire movie, because I know she's there trying to earn her paycheck. But it's just, you know, probably the most seasoned actor, you know, there that can actually act, but she just had to fucking dial it back. You know, it's like, you you, you know, when the rest of the room can only act to six and you're acting at 11, you know, you maybe need to dial it back so it's, you know, more even across the board here. (laughs) And it's just,
2: yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So you
2: know what it is? It's making me think there it. It was this clip. They're like, you know how on Facebook they have, like, those reels and all that shit? And I forget where it was yeah. or if it was on a reel or if it was something that somebody shared. But somebody had shared it where they were showing, like, if you're going to be an extra in a scene, like, don't overdo whatever it is that you're doing in the background as an extra because that makes you stand <laughs> yeah. out. And a lot of times they'll fucking edit you out of, like, a scene or whatever it is. And the scene in question was like... And they even edited it in with, like, the Mentos fucking song. But, like, you see the question was happening at, like, like a high school (laughs) thing or whatever it is, right? And, like, you see, like, whoever the football team character is or the basketball team character, they're, like, off to the left and they're getting, like, lifted up. And you see all these other kids, they're all standing there and they're all, like, cheering for them and they're all happy for them, right? And then there's, like, one kid who's, like, standing there and he's, like, all, like, like, straight up out of the 80s, like, I'm in like a. I'm ready to be freeze framed and like jerking motion and like puts like this fucking real like cheesy martial arts style like thumbs up like thing going on and it's it totally doesn't <laughs> fit anything else that you see going on and like I said eventually somebody like fucking edited the Demento song with it so that like you know it became the fresh fucking thing you know and it was like wow man fresh, you know freshness makes you full of life and all that stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was and it's, it's, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah and it's just like you were saying Ghoul, it's just sh- 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 like I, I don't understand and King I'm sure you're going to get into it with her in Eastwood I don't understand how he found her sexy how anyone found her sexy like I just want her to like eat like some steak and potatoes and gain like 20 fucking pounds and get some fucking curbs but uh, yeah I'm All not right. hungry baby No. So, <laughs> and then the, so rest yeah, of the, um, the rest of the movie, yeah. it's like plot-wise, it's like there were a ton of missed opportunities in this thing. They're, they're like directions mm-hmm. this movie could have gone, but they didn't, you know, probably because, like, they didn't mean really fuck. think about it or, you know, thinking they didn't want to be edgy or something like that. But it's like th- this movie could have gone and been, like, really, really upsetting, you know, and if they had yeah. pushed it in certain <laughs> directions. And, and it's like... This was just like a PG version of what could have been a really, really good, strong, disturbing art film. But that's, mm-hmm. Okay, and that's, that's my opinion. Uh,
1: that's, <laughs> that's the whole problem with uh, this with game, is that the original director wanted to make it really dark. <clears throat> he wanted to make it really just kind of dark and sinister and evil and all these other things, and then that director kind of just decided to walk. So they got Peter S. trainer in, and he was like, oh, I, I kind of want to make it dark, but I also kind of want to make it fun. There was a ton of problems with Peter S. Traynor on set, where uh, uh, Sandra Locke didn't like him at all. Colin camp didn't care for him. Seymour Castle almost punched him in the face because he didn't <laughs> like what Peter S.
0: was doing.
1: So Seymour Castle quit after he did all of his scenes. He's like, I'm fucking done. This movie sucks. And he walked. And then they had to do ADR. And they're like, well, he's not around anymore. So the cinematographer, David Wirth, had to step in and do all of his dialogue. So, in the movie, oh. you're not hearing Silver Castle at all. You are hearing... But yeah, and that's, R-
2: why, and that's why it looks like it's doing that whole fucking spaghetti western thing of where they're what using is- fucking other people. You know what, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, man, like, I know this is being... Like, they're, they're showing me San Francisco. Why is it that, like, the fucking... The, the way the dialogue is going on, do I feel like I'm watching something that was filmed in, like, Europe?
3: Right? Well, yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, to gonna gonna cool. say, with his line specifically, it felt very giallo. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so nobody was really kind of happy with the movie, and that's why when Eli Roth said, I want to remake this and call it Knock Knock, Sandra Locke, Colin Camp, and Peter S. Traynor came on as producers, and they're like, let's fucking make a movie, guys. Like, they were just kind of surprised that people even knew about Death Game. Like, people know about this like it it was not great but so yeah eli roth kind of put a stamp on it Had everybody with him sandra Locke passed away uh just after the movie got made and yeah, the whole eastwood thing you know she was with him not married uh they did a ton of movies together according uh, sudden impact which is a dirty harry movie um but you know she was always lying about her age always fudging you know when she was born um, you know, she had a lot of problems with Coin Eastwood, who tried to blacklist her for a long time, because he just kind of fell out with her. So she really had a horrible life, you know, at a certain point uh, in Hollywood. And she wrote an autobiography, which is worth checking out. Um, but in terms of death game, the movie opens with a title card telling us that it's October 10th, 1975, in beautiful San Francisco. After an upbeat song all about good old dad and a children's drawing of a family, we meet George and Karen. (laughs) It's George's birthday, and so they play a round of croquet, followed by a round of heavy petting. Far out, man. man. Love it. So, unfortunately. Sorry.
2: Uh, sorry, A wild birthday party. And, you know, it's one of those where I wish the dean was actually here, because all of the the scenery that we're seeing at the beginning here, like, it hasn't Mm -hmm. changed all that much. You know, like, I was just right. in San Francisco when I visited Dean in, in 2022, the January, and, uh, like, yeah, I'm, watch, like, I'm watching it, it's like the camera's panning, and I'm like, no shit, like, I was right there, like, I like, there was a scene where we see from, like, the side of the bridge, and where the platform is, like, that, like you couldn't see it there, it was overgrown, but now there's a platform that you mm. go on, like, right in that area, and everything, and you stand there, we actually use a picture of me, Dean, and, uh, and, and, and the Dean's wife, like, right over there, um, but yeah, it was just really cool to see because like yeah, that that whole area has not like as far as the physical characteristics of it has not changed. And again, it was you know my first time out there, so like I can only only imagine what it would have been like for him because he lives there, so he sees it all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, w- it was very cool to see the the swooping shots of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Um, so unfortunately, George's birthday fun is broken up when Karen's mom calls to inform Karen. But their son, Billy, has hey. to have his appendix removed. <clears throat> so she means immediately leaving George all by himself. He's all by himself I think kind of lonely. I think the mom was just
3: trying to cock-block George on his birthday, and she was just bullshitting about Maybe. the whole thing just so, just so she, she – you like know, because George is definitely not going to get it. Oh,
1: hell no. George was like, do you want to have sex? And she's like, hell yes. She was in for it. She was ready for it. Like, she wasn't like, no. No, she was like, yes, let's go. So, unfortunately, Mom's of alarm went off. So, that night, George is on the phone with Karen, joking around about what their son wants to do with his removed appendix, when we spot two young blonde women prowling outside in the rain. The women, Donna and Jackson, ring the doorbell and mention to George that they are lost, looking for the Gregories. But George can't be of much help outside of letting them use his phone. Jackson tells George that she and Donner are on the wrong side of town and ask George if they could stay until their ride comes. George has no problem with this. All right, you know, let's, let's stay. I'll put you in some warm clothes and get to know you a little bit. He explains that it's his 40th birthday and spending it alone because his wife had to leave town to take care of their son. For, they admire him and all that.
3: Fuck, man. Everybody's lying about their age in this movie. He looks like he's fucking no. 60. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's what, 40,
2: that's what the cool girl <laughs> said. But you know what? She goes. Yeah. She goes. He's fucking in his fifties or sixties. But no, he's fucking born nope. in
1: 1935. He is forty years yeah. old. In this he was movie. forty in this movie. Yep, he was the
0: exact
1: age. So he's an old See, forty. in the seventies, everybody looked old. Yeah, like, like we older, always say, I know
2: him as an older actor in a lot of other things. You know, and that's that's really. Oh yeah, funny. from stuck on you guy like. I know this fucking guy's face. And I'm like, look, this motherfucker was in something where he's about to have an orgy. Like, fuck you, man. (laughs)
1: Like I said, yeah, that Tyler Brothers movie stuck on you. I was like, that's Seymour Castle. (laughs) I remember him from that movie. Uh He did a lot of movies in like the the late 90s, early 2000s as he had crotchety old man. Um, So Jackson excuses himself to use the bathroom. And Donna becomes a little playful with George. When he plays some music for Donna, Jackson returns and she loves the bathroom. It's really far out, so she takes Donna to go see it. So after a while, George is like, well, where are they? Like, you know, they've been gone for a while. So he goes into the bathroom, and he discovers the girls are naked and in the sauna. They invite him in. Oh, "Oh, shit. I'm just, I, I can't. Like, you know, I'm a happily married man. So then that's when they start grabbing at his crotch and start unbuttoning his shirt. And George eventually <laughs> can't resist. And the sex is on. It's 70s. Oh, my you get God. that funky 70s fucking tracking shot of them just Dude. fucking kissing oh. and touching and in the sauna, you know, you know watching you know each other.
2: <laughs> you know who he reminds me of, actually? And, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, it keeps dawning on me. In this movie in particular, he reminds me of Little Bill from Boogie Nights. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's a perfect You know so like,
2: call. It's like it's like William H Macy like channel this fucking role like this character <laughs> right here and was like hey this is this is what I'm going to play for the character of little bill It's just
1: it, yeah that's that's fucking perfect I, I, and it only takes us 15 minutes to get
3: into the sex scene in the movie. 15 minutes.
1: 15
3: minutes. And then, as soon as the fucking uh 70s porn music started playing, I was fucking rolling. down,
1: There's a lot of touching, a lot of touching, a lot of moaning, a lot of butts, a lot of tits, a lot of ass, you know, covering up shots. At one point, it's just George and Jackson. At one point, it's George and Donna. At one point, it's Donna and Jackson. They're getting everything in this fucking sauna. Everybody's having fun. So, you know, after it's all over, Jackson and Donna are kind of relaxing and touching each other's hair. And, of course, George is passed the fuck out, laying on the floor. I'm like, maybe we should cover him up. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) This guy fucking passed out. Couldn't handle the fucking system. And he's laying on the goddamn floor.
3: Yeah, it's like it's not like he was drunk either or anything like that. You know, nope, oh, I wasted <laughs> or anything like that. It's like, it's like, dude, you're 40. You know, man, like, <laughs> you, you should have been Different. like, okay, you ready for round two? <laughs> yes, <but> no, <laughs> yeah.
2: bro. Man, you're thinking about this all wrong. You know, like, it's funny, too, because this is something me and the goo girl were talking. Like, yeah, you know, we started, like, having, like, some discussion about it, right? Like, you got to think about something. Right. Like, look at, like, 40 in 1975. This guy was born Mm -hmm. in 1935. He, as a kid, you know, witnessed as World War II occurred. Eventually, the Korean War would happen. But, like, he's an adult. Like, you know, 40 in 1975 is a hell of a lot different than 40 in 2023. You know, like, in this day and age, we're, we're, we're not, like... Uh, and I hate to say it, but we're not fucking mature like the people were back then. We still have fucking yeah. video game systems. Think about it, guys. <laughs> right now, what are we doing? We're fucking yeah. sitting here on on our fucking phones talking to each other about a fucking horror movie. Okay. Like in, in, when you <laughs> yeah. were forty back then, you know you fucking you went to work. You stock fucking you Fucked your wife. You made you made stock market. <laughs> this guy's obviously making bank. He's a square. For all intents and purposes. You know, and like the only thing that for me makes me feel like it, it starts to to move away from like the plausibility of everything going on in this movie is it's set in California. Now in nineteen seventy five mm-hmm. Cali, you know shit like the Manson family, all that shit was still like on yep. people's minds. They were still thinking about it. Yeah. You had fucking serial killers going around. Nobody was going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, come on in, ladies. You know, like, these these were fucking Charlie Manson types of girls <laughs> right here. You know, that, that's, that's yeah. what I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm chick. watching, like, a Manson flick, you
1: know? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the next morning, Donna and Jackson are in the kitchen making breakfast. George figured they would be gone by now, long gone, but now the girls tell them that he was so nice to them that they decided to stay and make him breakfast. Donna follows George to the bedroom where she wants to know why he's being so cold to her. George tells her that the previous night just happened and he needs to get dressed. They need to go. She decides that she's going to strip in front of him and saying she needs a shower so she can be fresh so they can make love again. And George is like, ah, I don't know. Like I came already. Like it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of over you guys. I came la- so again, seven,
3: again 1970s 40. I came last night. I'm good. I don't need to come <laughs> again today. <laughs> I'm good for another month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm good. So while the girls feast on breakfast, and George decides on a cigarette instead of food, he offers to give them a the ride, but they let him know that they're on the road. They don't have a home. He tells him, hey, wait, I seem to remember you girls are going to a party last night. Jackson tells him that that was just an expression, man. He offers to drive them anywhere they want to go, but the girls just laugh at them. Uh, so they become really fucking messy eaters, and George tells Jackson she has the manners of an alley cat, and she's like, hey, fuck you, man. And she's like, I'm just kidding, George. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I was just fucking hanging out. <laughs> so George demands that Donna go get dressed so the two girls can get out of the house and live their lives forever away from him. We then cut to Jackson making a huge mess of the living room, softly touching herself on her thigh with a half peeled banana while crossing her breasts as George walks in and demands to know what's going on. Here in commotion, George enters his bedroom and sees Donna's wearing one of his wife's negligees, which he tells her to take off. He also wants to know what the hell is going on, but Donna isn't telling him anything. Jackson enters the room and tells him, boy, you sure weren't acting like this last night, were you, George? You seemed brilliant really what we were doing last night. And by the way, where'd did be? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Donna over there is 15 and I'm 17. Statutory rape, George.
3: Bull- <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I caught him again.
1: <laughs> it's the 70s It's like the 80s slashers Where they're fucking 30 and they're playing 18 year olds So, you know, he kind of bets on that But he tends you know, to mean, the cops You know, Colin Camp
2: me. is only like 22 So, it's, yep. you know I don't know, you know I've I, We've been watching this show On fucking Hulu uh, I guess it's off the ID channel called Undercover Underage You know, and like the whole first season You have this, this, this woman Named Rue um, who's 38, and, like, her and a group of people basically are trying to find people that are online predators. And, and she disguises herself as, like, multiple 15-year-old characters within the context of the show. And as she'll, like, you know, as these people reach out to, like, you know, the, the, the Instagram accounts or whatever of these 15-year-old characters, you know, we watch, is like she'll put on, like, the wig and the makeup and then she'll, like, get on the phone or, like, video chat with these people and it's just, like, watching this 38 year old woman trying to portray a 15 year old girl, sometimes it's just so absurdly silly that it's just, like, man, like, I understand that there's really nothing funny about the show other than her just fucking being like that because it's just really, again, it's just disgusting otherwise. And we just started season (laughs) two and I guess other people felt the same.
0: they brought in other girls <laughs> Cause it's like
3: fuck man It's like catch her And then it's like you know Oh we got you And she went off her wig And she's like The fucking queen or something Cause she's like fucking 70 years And I would have gotten old. away with that too If it
0: wasn't for you
2: pesky kids,
3: Your dog
1: mm. <laughs> So during this exchange The doorbell rings And it's Mrs. Grossman His mate <clears throat> George is supposed to call her But he sort of forgot as the girls laugh and go running through the house. With the maid gone, luckily, George returns to his house, where Jackson tells him about another guy they did the same thing to and how it ruined his life. She even knees him in the balls for the effect, as Donna laughs and plays wildly on the piano. With that real quick fucking knee to the fucking balls. Oh, there I'm having fun, Georgie. <laughs> George picks up the phone to call the police, but Jackson tells him that George wins. And at the leave, George gives them a ride. He agrees, and off they go to San Francisco, George being messed Whee! up the entire time by the girls who are fucking 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 gum at him, making fun of him, touching him, and he's like, God, he to get the fuck out of my car. i like, got so long to go. He's like, I'll pull this car right over. <laughs> That's what we want, George. <laughs> so eventually the girls get dropped off at a bus station, and George makes his way back home. Things seem to return to normal as George speaks to his wife and son on the phone, She should be home to make it in time for dinner tomorrow night. We cut to George returning home after work, and as he walks inside, he notices someone run up the stairs. As he searches Uh. the house, he's ambushed by Jackson and sprayed in the face by Mace, which knocks him out. George got knocked out by the Red Mace. Uh, but how, how does
3: Mace knock him out? I'm confused by this. I know. <laughs> it's like, like, like he just that that falls, asleep it's like, it's it's falls asleep in anything. It's like falls asleep, gets mace, man.
1: falls asleep.
3: It's like he's a fucking possum. <laughs>
1: yeah, that bear fucking Mace. So they immediately start tying him it's like up. It's up like Mr. Bean George.
2: from Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: such a great call. So they tie him up, and as George tries to escape his easily escapable confinement, because that fucking shit was so loose, he could just fucking slip his wrists out. But Karen's like, Ugh, God, no, God, it's so tight. So the girls <laughs> eat and use Karen's makeup on themselves. It's all fun and games until the phone rings. Jackson answers, claiming to be George's niece, and then he's a little tied up at the moment. Because <laughs> you are tied up, Georgie. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. So Donna, the entire time, uh, I forgot to bring it up earlier, she has feelings for George. Like, she's in love with him. She feels like he can love her, she can love him, and Jackson's like, fuck him, man. Like, no, like no, he, this isn't what this is about. Like, you know, you can't fall in love with him. But Donna just has these feelings. So George begs her to be on time. And with some unresolved uh, daddy issues, it turns a little sexual until Donna begins slapping wildly And screaming at him. Now, Daddy, you want to play with me, Daddy? Bam, 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 cross the face. Jumping on top of the bed, flashing her ass, flashing her tits to him. He's like, I don't like this anymore. No, come on, Daddy, you want to play anymore? He eventually tries to get to the phone, but Jackson stops him fairly quickly. The girls manage to drag George downstairs, but he fights back against them until uh, Jackson grabs a base and knocks him out. Uh, George is going to be knocked out a lot in this movie. <laughs> this is <laughs> <laughs> Again. It's like,
3: ah oh, man. The separate Fr- George the San Francisco possum.
1: <laughs> because they manage to get him down the stairs, but he starts to fight back, and it's like, you have a lot of ages. Smash! And he's fucking arrogant. So, <laughs> we cut to a knocked out George lying on the floor, and the girls are dumping Again? food and flour <laughs> and tomatoes all over him. I just love this shot of him lying on the floor, knocked out, and they're dumping fucking flour and milk and tomatoes on him as he's just laying there, and the camera gets covered in the fucking tomatoes and milk. They're just fucking with him the entire time.
3: Oh, yeah. The actor that was doing the scene was so pissed because, like, uh, I, I yep. read that this sh- the shot, yeah, they did it for, pissed. like, hours. It was hours mm-hmm. that they were doing this to him, yeah. and like he was, yep. this was like just one of the many things that was like just pissing
1: him off so bad. And you could tell he's pissed. You could tell in the shot when they're dropping the flowers on him, he fucking looks so mad. Like he's obviously not unconscious. He's fucking very much awake and not loving his life right now. This sucks. I mean, it's another reason why Seymour Castle was like, I fucking hate being here. <laughs> Can I just go home? Um, <laughs> And then we see Donna keeps saying, I love you, Daddy, as she's cleaned him up and given him new clothes. She's like, see, Daddy, I cleaned you up. I give you new clothes. I love you, Daddy. And, of course, she's like, I, I don't care anymore. Just, you, want, you want to kill me? Just go <laughs> And so <laughs> we discover that Jackson has now put on this kind of, like, sexy suit kind of thing, like a tuxedo kind of piece with a top hat. And, you know, she has the garters on, and she's acting as a judge now. So she has her shoe off and gives it as a gavel as George comes to the doorbell rings and Donna's like, oh shit, I ordered groceries and that's the fucking delivery guy. And Jackson's like, what the fuck? What are you ordering groceries for? I don't know. I thought we might get hungry later. Because he threw them all on George. (laughs) (laughs) So – George calls for help, but Jackson muffles in real quick and she's like, You're not gonna fucking call for help. Let's get the delivery guy in through the rear entrance and that's when the delivery man makes his way through. He puts the groceries down, they pay him, but George manages to room his muffle and call for help. The delivery man's like, Mr. Manning, are you okay? I'm like, well, now we have to fucking deal with this problem. So they grab him quickly. Jackson bludgeons the delivery man with a poker and then they proceed to open up the fish tank in the middle of the living room and let's put the fucking body in the fish tank.
3: Yes,
0: let's do
2: it. Ah, no, is it, God, ah, it's yeah. murder. Is it, stop it. it.
0: Wh- no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. You can't murder him. <laughs> it's
1: just like, dude, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> but I love the fact that this huge fucking fish tank fit the entire body in it. Just with those fucking feet sticking out. <laughs> they managed to put this guy's body in this huge fucking fish tank. And then you just see the fucking face, clearly a fucking, you know, plastic head. Just boo, boo, boo. <laughs> you fucking killed him. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well not above murder, George. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Jackson then resumes her mock trial of George for statutory rape and sexual acts towards minors. Donna acts as a witness where she makes up a story about how George came on to her. And made her have sex with him. He made you suck your fucking tits, right? He sucked your fucking tits. He's like, yep, that's what he did. He sucked my tits. Ooh, that's <laughs> not good, George. <laughs> you shouldn't have fucking sucked your tits. Jeez,
2: t- tell me more. <laughs>
0: this
3: is what I came.
0: <laughs>
1: <We'll sleep. laughs> would, you,
3: would, would you like to know more?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, do you what does it take to be a citizen, <laughs> motherfucker?
1: <laughs> and, of course, when you're seen, uh, uh, Jackson has, like, a weird kind of makeup on her face where she, you know, cu- like, curls up her eyebrows. And, of course, you know, Colleen Camp as, as Donna, very sensible makeup. Because the entire time, like, you know, again, Colleen Camp is beautiful. <laughs> She's just, I was like, I don't even care, man. I want crazy girls. I, mean, I, w- <laughs> she can do I wouldn't she go
2: wants. sensible. She doesn't go clown level that, <laughs> that the other actress does. But she does smear an awful amount of, like, uh, pink does. blush and whatnot on her oh, face. Yeah. So she, she she does she does show oftentimes that she is just as broken as the other person. It's just not the same. She doesn't have the same way of showing her her brokenness.
1: Uh, she does at a certain point, and we'll get to it in just a little bit when the time is running up for George where um, Donna shows up and her fucking face is covered in fucking just a weird makeup. Like it's just, it's red lines and points. And she's like, you only got a couple hours left. Um, You know, but here's the thing I wanted to posit to you guys uh, before we reach the finale are Donna and Jackson. Well, Jackson's actual name is Agatha. I forgot to bring that up uh, earlier when she says her name is Agatha, but she goes by Jackson. Are these a lesbian couple? Like is, is this, you know, just psycho lesbians? Or are they just straight and enjoying their life on the road just seducing men? Because I took it as they're they're a lesbian couple, and they just know that they use their bodies against straight guys like George. What do you think, monkey?
3: Um <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, a, a lesbian couple in a way where they're ex- willing to just because, again, you know, we're talking like, you know, I was definitely getting Manson vibes, too. And I was feeling like mm-hmm. they're just willing to do whoever's in the room. You know, it wasn't I wasn't thinking so much necessarily a lesbian couple, just, hey, they were feeling at the moment. So, th- you know, they were like, hey, you, you want to go run upstairs real quick? So, you know, since we got no one else to play with right now, that's how I took it was just, you know, hey, that's mm-hmm. what was in the moment let's go ahead and fool around for a little bit i I really wasn't taking them as like a lesbian kind of couple per se mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. what do you think Paul?
2: and, uh, and I, I kind of i kind of go where the monkey goes with that as well i don't I can see where this could be drawn in that way, and somebody could look at that and say that easily um and uh, there there really is no no argument. As to it not being the case But like you know for me how I saw it Is these are two very broken People who find Safety and comfort in each other And unfortunately because Of the experiences that they had Earlier in their life they identify Their sexuality As being the thing that They use in order to get what they want And that includes even affection From each other at times Um, You know, they kind of find a a, a strange calm within themselves. I I don't necessarily see them as being straight up lesbian. I see them as being, you know, basically just a, a an amorous set of people who, like the monkey said, where, you know, like if it's just the two of them, well, hey, that just the two of us is going to do perfectly fine. We don't need anybody else. If there was somebody out there, well, then we might fuck them, torture them, kill them, you know, touch them, do whatever the hell we want to do with them.
1: Yeah, so I think you could play it either way. I think you could play it as they're just two girls together, you know, just trying to bring down men because of their, their past of being victims of childhood sexual trauma. You know, even Jackson admits that her father had sex with her. Like, he he put himself on me and had sex with me. So these these women are broken, and they're just kind of using these men that they find to kill and torture and and whatever they do because they're just kind of trying to get revenge for what they've been through on a uh, sexual level, you know. But, again, you could possibly put them as a, a couple. But, you know, I think I like the fact that the movie plays it on that level where you just don't know. Um, George pleads with them to kind of let him go, but, of course, they're not <clears throat> playing that game. So well, yeah, the go away to deliberate um, what yeah. – yeah, I'm sorry.
3: Um, okay, and this is where I wanted to jump in, like an angle they could have gone is earlier. It's like because when she was talking about her dad was never around, you know, kind, you know or whatever, they could have nixed that part of – Messed around with me younger, and then could have switched it up to where um, dad was never around. He gives a quick story, <laughs> and, jo- and George actually turns out to be her dad, and she found out about it, and then found a way to come back and fuck with him and be like, oh, and now you've got another fucked up charge here where now you have incest because you just fucked your own daughter, and I'm really actually 27, not 17, which explains why she looks so fucking old.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. That that could have been a very interesting uh, turn of events. I think that would be for a more modern movie uh, in the '70s. I think they were just okay with what they delivered, but I think in a modern, yeah, way, I, I mean, again, I. I they were, pushing yeah, it.
2: they were pushing it with all the sex shit and everything that was going on as it was. You want to try to throw some fucking incestual <laughs> yeah. double fucking take, like fucking switcheroo by the end. Like, maybe if he didn't fuck them both at the beginning, maybe if he only fucked Kylie mm-hmm. camp, and, uh, you know what I mean, and, like, it, it turns out, like, you know, the other girl, like, watched or whatever, but, like, didn't get involved, yeah. maybe then you can flip that in, in this time frame. During today... I think it still would be seen as taboo but I think it would be doable. You know, they they would pull it off and you know, most people would probably just not want to go see the movie but you know they 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 could still do it.
1: It would it would be a difficult
2: watch for sure.
1: Um so with the girls away, George Mandel uses speak to the I got
2: to give you credit. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, Jake. laughs> so
1: the girls catch George trying to use a phone and knock it away and they reveal their verdict. Guilty as charged on all counts and that he's going to die at dawn. Happy birthday, George. So as the hours pass, <laughs> Donna decides to throw Head the family dog. cat through a fucking window. By She's like, Look at my look at your cat. Wham throws a fucker through a window. <laughs> 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 and they begin tracking the window! His <laughs> to the wall. So the cat threw a wall my window. I hate him. But so they trash his house. They trash his stereo equipment. Later, Donna goes to George, wanting to make love to him one last time. But he uses that chance to escape from the girls. He doesn't get too far as Jackson once again smashes a vase over his head, knocking him out once again. So this guy just never really gets far. So many fucking bases, George. That's how you're going to fucking get knocked out. So the girls eat some food, you know, in the kitchen from the groceries that they ordered. They're having fun with bagels and having fun with the fruit they bought. Uh, they have a little touching moment where they're laying in bed together. Donna eventually gets naked outside during the rainstorm, letting George know, you only got two hours to leave, George. Two hours. Ah, like touching on the dress on the window. And they even offer him a last meal that they present him with. So eventually at dawn... The girls wake George up by trashing more of his home. They drag him out into the couch with Jackson eventually wielding a large butcher knife. Just as Jackson is about to cut his fucking head off, she stops and reveals that they were never going to kill him, and they're just happy playing the death game. George is like, what? what? Uh, I'm like, bye, George. Bye, Georgie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's fucking like as fucked as it is. Like, when his wife then comes home with the kid, why is the fucking house a wreck? Why is the cat dead? What the fuck?
0: Oh,
2: that's... He's got an <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
1: He's somebody, somebody broke th-
2: in, tied me up, fucking robbed us, and did all this shit. He's, he's got a made at this point as long as he can keep his shit together.
1: No, he's going to have to fucking think and- about that cover kind of story. Right?
3: <laughs> and and also I like how as they're saying you know are never gonna kill you and all that leaving it and now he's just there sobbing and crying they broke him he's fucking broken and, and I I love oh, that yeah. you know it's not like oh oh you know oh they're they're gone I, and I'm a man it's the seventies I'm so fucking strong I love that they actually did this part and yet you know he, mentally he's fucking snapped I I, I oh, really enjoyed that
1: he he's knocker at this point like there's you know he, he's mentally fucking broken like again like you had said goal oh yeah i can explain the fact that somebody broke in and, and tore all my shit up and that's what i'm lying here what about the fucking dead body of the fish
0: tank
1: <laughs> <That> guy, <laughs> um
0: of course
2: while they well, had us torture while they had me tortured and back <laughs> they actually fucking they well that guy showed up because they ordered food right
0: so who's to
1: say they didn't yeah, order food yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I would just love to hear George talking to the police at the end of the movie. Okay, this is what happened, all right? I was sitting at home, <laughs> relaxing for his birthday. These two people broke into my home and they smashed everything. The fucking delivery guy showed up. I'm like, oh, my groceries are here. And they're like, let's fucking kill them. And Then they come to my fish tank, and then fucking, I'm here, fucking all tied up, and I'm like, I'll seriously have a doozy of a day. <laughs> fucking George. Yeah. And then his fucking wife comes home and she's like, why is there a dead body in the fish tank? All right, honey. I got. like, oh, my God. Why does your that? dick smell oh. like two pussies? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Why does this smell like threesome sex? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, it's just, well, oh man, I have a lot of explaining to do. now. Yeah, I think you do. I like, just, yeah, just would love to see that That's fucking gene. do <laughs> <laughs> and and once, you, uh, go, once you eventually see Knock Knock, you'll have to let me know about the finale of that one because I enjoyed it too. But either way, um, with the girls freed, it's like, hey, we're going to go sing Good Old Dad again and fucking walk down the street. On to the next victim, no, because the SPCA fucking van drives around the corner and fucking kills them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking a lovely fucking uh-huh. movie. And just the freeze frame on the fucking fit in their faces as they get hit by the fucking SPCA truck. That's for the cat bitch. <laughs> what? But,
3: but, uh, yeah it's like no this shouldn't have happened they shouldn't they should have yeah. like again you I know did. gotten away with it you know walked away you know er, they don't get caught you know but again you know we got to let people walk out of here with a happy fuzzy feeling after they leave this movie you know there's 10 people that went to actually see it in theaters you know and <laughs> no we got to sit here and we kind of can't have the killers get, <laughs> get get away with murder so yeah <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs>
1: yeah, see, the thing, I, I agree with you, Monkey. Like, I, I enjoy them walking out of the house. or singing. They're happy. On to the next death game. And then the SPCA truck comes around and fucking hits them both. And we have that freeze frame. Again, I love 70s movies because they used to always have the freeze frame. <laughs> you know, I used to love the freeze frames. But at the same time, it's like kind of like, well, the man wins because these two women are dead. <laughs> they got to buy a fucking truck. Yeah. They're not innocent. They're fucking uh, killers. He's, they are fucking killers, he's still and they are fucking skewers. Yeah. He's
2: still broken. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we can necessarily say that the man wins. He's alive, but that's by their own doing. Um.
0: Yes, yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, you know, the ending, uh, the ending sat funny with me. You know, it's like one of those two where I kind of felt like it was going to happen. Like, they were taking so much time, of the two of them, like, wandering down the street and, like, you know, on the sidewalk, being playful as they're walking by the neighbor's houses and shit. And I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, seriously, like, in my head, I'm like is there no karma in this world? Is this not going to come around? Right. Like, like, are they not? And then like, I literally in my head said, like, are they not going to cross the street and like get hit by a car? And sure as shit, they fucking walk into the street. <laughs> and the fucking van comes whipping around the fucking corner. And I'm like, oh no shit, look at that.
1: And, <laughs> you know, and, and I just, again, like, a, you know, the whole movie <clears throat> I enjoyed, but <clears throat> I just think it's a great concept of a movie. Like whether you're single or whether you're married and have kids, like you know that concept of you know two girls show up at your door out of the rain and they're like, can we just use your phone? Like, like what do you do? <laughs> you know, it's you no. know fuck If you do, fuck your You, <laughs> do. No. you no. just say go I'll away you, right you know?
2: No, you fuck them, King. That's what you do.
1: <laughs> fuck them I mean but, I could Because I'm single I have nothing to lose But you guys <laughs> we you know,
2: troubling but here's the thing No here's the thing
1: You don't let them live
2: And that's that And you don't have to worry About any of the rest of it
1: Well I mean that's true pull. I mean you could just Kill them afterwards But then you have to Dispose of the bodies And it's the whole thing And you're like oh, yeah, I
2: don't They're tiny <laughs> They're tiny He has no. a big <laughs> house
3: you fucking, Shit You fucking burn them They're done Man what are you talking about, man? Jackson was so damn small you could have fit her down a garbage disposal. <laughs> and Donna, on the other hand, you know he, you probably, probably have to figure fire something fire. out. But,
1: yeah, see, yeah, that's the problem. Is that Donna is the type of girl that I look for? So <laughs> that's a problem. I like the crazy ones. <laughs> you,
0: know,
1: you you could stay, Jackson. You could you could go. Like I'm I'm good. You know, your weird no eyebrows thing is kind of troubling, but. You know, hey Donna, do you want to stay? <laughs> sure. <clears throat> you got fun. Well, it's no fun if my friend can't stay. Well, then you can go too. <laughs> <The Hey, man, laughs> don't,
2: don't you don't you go making fun of people without eyebrows, man? That's a, that's a rough life.
1: No, that's a choice. No, Sandra Wagner. No, choice. it's not. Some people are just born
2: without them, man. They have to use
1: makeup. No, she like had that. eyebrows, but she could accentuate them. They're, they're, people get fucking eyebrow tattoos nowadays, like you know. Nowadays, you know, like, it's I don't 1975, have bro. Well, that's why they had makeup. You know, I didn't see she drew them well, on. He's got no eyebrows.
2: Okay, I'm just trying to protect his feelings here. Okay, come on, man. I
1: know. I know. He, yeah. Well, I he guess- doesn't have hair. Doesn't have eyebrows. You can grow a Oh, no,
3: that's because I, I keep my ch- shit tight, man. I'm not going to go around big-ass fucking Staten Island eyebrows. What are you talking about? No. Because it's only a fucking Gretchen Mars if you grew
1: those things up. you showed my hat. Uh-huh. Like, dang, 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 I love eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> said Staten Island eyebrows, huh? <laughs> Staten Island eyebrows. I fucking mm. love that. That's going to be a thing. I'll put it on a fucking T-shirt. I got Staten Island <laughs> eyebrows. What the fuck does that mean? Just oh, that, that? Brows,
0: bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went to uh, sit down, brows. and all I got was his eyebrows.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got some Jersey. Like it, out out. What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> got those three slices. Ice. Ice brows, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, that was my film pick of the week of Death Game from 1977. Uh, the uh, the dean, of course, doesn't join us tonight. We have no idea what a fucking pick's going to be, so we are leaving today. He, he told us knowing. he knew what
2: it was. He was supposed to send it to you. He didn't send it to you, the prick.
1: Nope. Nope. I never got anything. Uh, yeah,
3: I'm. Nope. I messaged him in the group chat, and he never got back to us. Damn you, Dean. All I knew we
1: got was saying that everything was updated and shit like that. But yeah, nope, nothing. So <laughs> that's fun. Well, we'll we'll figure out the the Dean's mystery pick next week, and I'll put it on the fucking uh, care page on Monday. Uh, but I'm definitely just so glad you guys joined me for Death Game tonight. I'm glad you guys kind of enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I, I know that you struggled with it, uh, Ghoul, on Shudder, but I don't know if you got to see it, uh, Monkey. but the Grindhouse releasing intro with the coming attractions fucking logo. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no my, mine, went,
3: mine went straight into the movie. Mine was an old cut. So my mine oh, was like yeah, in the, the actual, oh. I, I, mine was actual in, in, in the uh you know, tra- traditional, you know, square frame rate and all that kind of shit. Oh so, man, yeah, no. yeah. I wish my, you Yeah, uh, my, I wish
1: you had Shutterman because they had the fucking grindhouse releasing cut where it's like that old school fucking intro like coming attractions. I was like, yeah. Like God damn, I wish I could fucking grow up in the grindhouse and but either way, uh, we will find out what the dean is going to be talking about next week. But thank you so much, Monkey, for joining us for Death Game.
3: Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode, of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. All
1: right, go, want you go ahead and sign yourself off?
2: Yeah, I might come a little bit, you know, like as as we do the show and everything, right? Again, we like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm typically like on my Xbox or whatever, and like you know, like fiddle in with this or fiddle in with that. And uh, well, tonight I decided to put on the PS5, and you know, like I haven't like turned it on in fucking a month, maybe even two. Uh, and, and apparently, I guess there's like an upcoming game called WrestleQuest coming out. And uh, the, the description is That's this: ridiculous. the ultimate pro wrestling adventure. Powerbomb and pile drive your way through a massive pixel art universe where professional wrestling and RPG fantasy collide. Like this is like a Final <laughs> Fantasy game with like with like Macho oh Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, Andre the Giant. Like the, this is like legit right now, and I'm fucking like creaming a little bit.
0: Like I play the that. We're bro. Luck? I will oh, I'll snap wow.
2: a shot and send you the fucking pictures, man. On the fucking group, too. But I am fucking yeah. I'm excited.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> like fucking all of a sudden, you know, you get the, you get your first weapon, mushroom Man's like, ooh, take this. It's dangerous to go alone. Step <laughs> <a> Slim Jim. <laughs> and, yeah, you, gotta, you, you gotta eat quickly. Slim Jim. You gotta eat Slim Jims to build MP. <laughs> oh. And, oh, yeah, I know, I know we did That's our right. sign-off. Oh, day, there's but, Coco
1: um... Beware. No, Coco Beware. Oh, fuck. Um, but, yeah, Mucky, real quick before we sign off, you went to Timeline Arcade in York. I'm going to try to go there this weekend. I'm going to make a quest to go to Timeline Arcade in York. I have no idea what the parking situation's like, but you fucking posted a picture of the Halloween uh, pinball game. I was like, I would just be there for hours playing that. So I was like, I have to make a trip out there. Uh, we'll talk on Friday. you let me know. But, yeah, I was like, as soon as he posted a picture of the Halloween fucking, you know, pinball game that was always on in the play, I was like, that's where I'm going. So uh, we will definitely talk about it. Uh, but as far as tonight's show goes, as always, I'm your old pal, the king of power energy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. We'll be back here next week with the Dean's Mystery Pick of the Week. And as always, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. Keep watching horror movies. Keep America strong. And we'll see you back here next week. Titties. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire? Huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking
2: for Chumba Casino. <laughs>